Hey, welcome to the Epic Leadership Podcast. My name is Chad Mitchell, and besides being a husband and a father to four wonderful children, I am also a small business owner. And I'm Bobby Hawk. I'm co-hosting with Chad. And not only am I a husband and father of two, but I am also a pastor. So we're going to talk about leadership and whether you are in the marketplace or the ministry, I think the Epic Leadership Podcast can encourage and enhance your leadership. Here we go. Welcome to the Epic Leadership Podcast. It's the new year, 2023 here, and I uh, have Chad Mitchell joining me. Happy New Year, man. How are you? All is good, my man. Happy New Year to you. And uh, this New Year's resolution thing, still trying to figure that out on day one. Well, it's uh, day one, and we're going to talk about the difference in day one and one day by the time we get to the end here. But uh, before we do, also need to introduce a special guest we have with us today um, in recognition of episode number 12. Chad, we've been doing this for about a year now, so figured we would uh, ask somebody to join us, Robbie Martini. Robbie, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you? I am great. Now, thanks for having to the me. listeners who actually care about this. You have three Enneagram threes today. So, uh, so this should be interesting. Three cubed. Yeah. There's gotta be a joke about that somewhere. Yeah. Three Enneagram threes walked into a bar and had a challenge to see who could order first. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so excited you're listening. And if you listen consistently, thank you. If you don't, uh, well, thanks for tuning in today. This is actually going to be part two of something we started last month. Uh, last month, we talked about making great decisions. And uh, Chad, we talked about the decision-making process, right? Sprint versus marathon decisions. You want to just give, give our listeners just a quick recap, and then we'll jump into today. Yeah. So in last month's episode, if you listen to that, um, talked a lot about, you know, making decisions and how we usually try to make those. And sometimes, Bobby, we try to take those decisions that should be sprint decisions and we just think about them. We just ponder them and we just wait forever. And what ends up happening is indecision. Yeah. And indecision, as we said, is a decision. It's just a really bad decision. You miss out on opportunities because as we've all heard, opportunity knocks. But here's the thing. Opportunity is not going to keep knocking at your door. It's going to move next door to somebody else. And what's crazy about this, the reason Robbie's here with us today is after we recorded that podcast, uh, Chad, we talked about our filter and how we make decisions uh, for business, for ministry, for both the organizations that we're part of. And we had an opportunity to make what needed to be, in my opinion, and we'll let Robbie speak to this, a sprint decision um, for all of us, for all of us involved. This is not really a decision that had it stretched out for any length of time uh, because we weren't prepared or ready to make that decision or didn't have a filter, I'm not sure that the results would have worked out the same. But uh, Robbie Martini joins us, and uh, the decision involves uh, Robbie coming on uh, staff in our organization, both he and his wife, Alicia, and we couldn't be more excited uh, to have you guys join us this new year. But Robbie, maybe talk to us about the process that you went through in making a pretty big life change decision when it comes to vocation. Yeah, absolutely. And and I did listen to that podcast last month and I would encourage our listeners to go back and listen to that if you haven't. It was really 
helpful for us in making this decision. So uh, I'll just summarize it. So maybe a, six to nine months ago, my wife are sitting at the kitchen table and we realized there's some incongruency in our life, right? There's nothing wrong, but our personal and our professional life, they're just not matching. My wife is doing what she's doing downtown at the hospital. I'm working at a church. Everything is going good in our own silos, but there was some incongruency within the family. So we began to just talk to mentors and, and leaders and, and people who are where we want to be one day. And they advised us to basically create what you talked about last month, these filters, right? List what needs to change to get rid of that incongruency in your life. And so over the last few months, we've uh, we've created these filters to look through for what's next for us. And we're, we're big believers in prayer. So we spend a lot of time praying, seeking counsel and looking through these filters. So that allowed us when, when, when you and I, Bobby had a conversation that allowed us to make a, a quicker decision because we had already created the filters that needed to be in place to make the decision rather than, so really it was kind of a marathon decision on the back end because we're creating these filters, having conversations. But when the time came, when the door opened, we were ready to walk through it. And that's exactly what happened with our conversation. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. You know, sometimes if we don't have that filter in place, we're deciding how to decide before right. we can actually decide. And in this situation uh, with Robbie, uh, kind of the way it came about, some of our listeners um, will maybe be in a situation where you're walking through this this year, where you're making a staff decision. And uh, Chad and I were kind of our, our back into this. Uh, we've been talking for quite some time about the next hire in our organization, um, the type of person that, that we needed. And we had that all fleshed out. And when we did end up meeting with Robbie, we even met before the meeting and kind of went over it again, kind of clarified again. And uh, Chad, talk to me about how quick you feel we were able to make that decision because we had already pre-decided or predetermined determined uh, through our filter what we were looking for. You know, I, I, I think it's twofold because I think in the beginning we knew that, you know, within our organization, we had some things that we weren't happy with. We had some things that weren't going as smooth as we wanted them to go, but we also had a capacity issue, right? We had a capacity issue on who was going to be able to take those things to the next level and who was going to be able to fix that. And to be honest with you, I don't think we were actually looking for that person. Um, we knew when that person showed up that we would know it and they would be the right person and we could go ahead and move forward. So when we sat down with Robbie, um, you know, that was probably an hour and a half long meeting that felt like it was really quick, right? Felt like it, it was didn't feel like an hour and a half. It felt like it was really quick. And, you know, I remember when, when Robbie had left that, you and I looked at each other and we said, okay, here's the boxes that we need checked. He can check all those boxes. That's our guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a few more boxes, which always is encouraging, but yeah, the pre-decision, I think on both sides, right? Robbie and Alicia, you guys go through your process and, and you know what you're looking for, what you need for your family. We've gone through our process. We know what we're looking for. And, and the, the ironic thing is neither of us were really actively right. looking. It was just more of, okay, when the time comes, when opportunity knocks, mm -hmm. Whatever that is, I want to be able to answer the door. I want to be prepared. And um, and the way it all came together, I won't bore our listeners with the details, but while neither of us were looking, it as we look back, you can definitely see how uh, that decision-making process played out. And I think if either of us weren't ready to make that decision in a reasonable amount of time, 
Um, I, I just, well, one, we wouldn't be here today. Right. I mean, that that's for sure. But I, I'm not sure it would have worked out because part of what Chad and I were looking for, for our organization is somebody who knows how to make decisions, sprint right. decisions. Um, we've had some people in the past who were marathon decision makers in every decision and our organization, we, we, we tend to fly fast. I mean, that's, that's just kind of what works best for us. So we needed somebody who understood that and could do that. And I think just for your family and the season of life, it seems like when the time came, it would have been difficult if on our end, we drug out a decision for a really lengthy amount of time. And you just kind of hung out in limbo. That probably wouldn't have worked out well either. So, yeah, let me touch on that real quick, because we're not saying that organization, you know, with the marathon decision makers that we've had in the past was a bad thing. I mean, that's, that's sometimes a good thing as long as you don't have an organization full of marathon decision makers, or as long as you don't have an organization that they can't align with those that make sprint decisions. So it's a good thing. Um, But in this case, what we were looking for is, is we needed that sprint decision to make and uh, happy with the one we made, we, we can be ready to move forward. Yeah. Well, and one last thing on that, and we're going to transition into uh, part two here, but uh, we talked about just keep in mind, if you didn't get a chance to listen, when we talk about sprint and marathon, we're talking about the speed in which you can make a decision, not the size of the decision that you make. There are some big decisions. I'll give you an example. The person that you decide to marry, that most likely is a marathon decision. I mean, there there needs to be some time and probably some people involved in that process. But the point is, is there are other big decisions. I think this being one of them, uh, you're changing where you work. Um, in fact, both of you, both right. you and your wife are changing where you work. I think most of us would say that's a big decision size-wise, but it doesn't have to be a long decision when it comes to timing or speed-wise if you have the filter in place. And I think that's what we're talking about. So don't be confused with, we're just talking about where to go eat lunch and that should be a quick decision. Um, that's a quick decision. Dinner, when it's with my family, feels like a marathon decision because <laughs> nobody can figure out where we want to go. But we're talking about the the speed and most yeah. decisions can be made quicker then we often make them if the filter's in place. So again, I'd encourage you to go back and listen if you didn't get a chance. I think it'll be helpful. And Robbie, I'm glad it was helpful for you. I'm glad you're here today. We're going to talk about part two. So here's the thing. Make a great decision. So that's last month. We want to make a great decision. Then we want to make the decision great. So uh, so Chad, what, what does that even mean? What does make the decision great mean? Yeah, you know, I think when you think about make the decision great, um, you, you have to go in and what is the best way to take that decision and make it work best for your organization or for yourself? What is the best way to hit the ground running to make sure that, you know, you're continuing to dot the I's, you're continuing to dot the T's, they're continuing to work with the plan. What's the best way to do that? And I think we've got some things here that we've thrown together um, that um, have worked for us. And the one thing I want to point out is, You know, I would say when I'm looking at this list of things that we're going to talk about, I don't think you have to be great at all of them. I don't even think you have to, you have to get all of them in the same order. I think you have to start. I think you have to start and you have to focus on one of them. And if you can get one of them right and then focus on the other and then build your list within there of these four things are, and and I think that's really going to help you out as far as when you make a decision, 
how to really make that impactful for you moving forward. So uh, I think the first thing that we can talk about here is habits. Bobby, talk to us a little bit about habits. Yeah, well, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because this whole idea of making the decision great is where a lot of decisions can fall short. Um, and I know personally, Chad, this is something that I have to work really hard on because implementation is not my natural go-to. Um, if there's two sides to the coin, innovation on one side and, and implementation on the other, I'm going to struggle with the implementation side. And when it comes to decisions, if you're, if we're not careful, we can make decisions. We can choose mentally what to do and even, and, and make the right decision, but we can fall short without habits. And what I like about habits, habits aren't goals. Um, habits can get you to goals, but habits are those, those steps. It's almost like a staircase chat. If you look at the top of the staircase and you say, okay, I want to get to the top. Um, that's not one, that's not one step. Uh, it, it's a number of steps to get to the top, but if you don't take the first step and then the second step and then the third step, all you're doing is you're just, you're staring at what you want but you're not making progress on getting there. And I think that's where habits become those steps or those building blocks to help you get there. So Robbie, what, what are your thoughts on, on habits? I know from our conversations, um, habits are pretty important to you, right? But talk to us about why, why that's important. What, what do habits help you with? Absolutely. I think habits are, are the building blocks to achieving the goals or the, the, uh, the decisions that you make in your life and our title being make a great decision and then make the decision. Great. I can, I can make a great decision right now. I want to be, you know, healthy. I want to be financially literate, whatever it might be. I can make a great decision, but until I put the habits, the, the pathway in place to make that decision great, it, really it's just wishful thinking. It's just living in wonderland of making these great decisions. Anybody can make a great decision, but it takes habits, consistency over time to achieve that great decision by making the decision great. And for me in my life, I've found habits have been incredibly impactful. Uh, a couple of years ago, I wasn't a reader. In fact, I hated reading, honestly. And now I read, I read about 20 books this year, including the whole Bible. And that started with reading one book a year. And then the second year that went to one book a month. And now I just read. And when the book's done, I read the next book, but it started one chapter at a time, right? It was small steps, habit stacking, uh, that made a difference. So in, in that example, I think it's a great example. So if you had said, you know, we're at the new year, so people yeah. make new year's resolutions. If you had said, Hey, I'm not a reader, so I'm going to read 20 books this year, right. including the Bible, which is a somewhat lengthy book. And if anybody's ever tried it, I don't know, book three or four within there could, could maybe get you lost a little bit. Might, might, might cause you to give up. So, so if you were to say, I'm going to go from really not reading to, I'm going to read 20 books, including the Bible cover to cover. Right. And that's, that was it. That's, that's the resolution. Do yes. you think you would actually succeed in that? Not a chance. No way. So you, you chose a step. I'm going to read a book this year. Yeah. And then even within that, then you have to start to say, okay, well, what does that mean? Is that a chapter a week? Right. Is that a chapter a month? How many pages a day? And I think that's a great example because uh, Chad, it's, it's New Year's day as far as the day we're releasing this. We're actually recording this on New Year's Eve here. So resolutions are probably on a lot of people's minds. And I know not everybody makes them, but there's something that somehow I guess our minds are trained towards this magical, you know, December 31st of January 1st. Let me just say, if you're not listening to this on January 1st, don't let the new year be the only time 
to, to make a habit. Right. I mean, don't, if it's a Wednesday, don't say starting Monday, you know, but just start today. But whenever you're listening to this, Chad, when it comes to new year's resolutions or goals or whatever people are doing, uh, why are habits important to actually meet the goal? Habits create routines. Routines create consistency. And when you are routine in something and when you are consistent in something, you know, I don't know as if you can lose, to be honest with you. Now, you may not achieve your desired result, okay? But you're going to be better than you were before. I promise you. And I think sometimes, you know, it, the name of our podcast is the Epic Leadership Podcast. And I think sometimes people see that name and they think, well, I'm not a leader or this isn't going to help me or those kind of things. And here's what I want to tell you. Leadership is is merely influence. That's all it is. And we all have the ability to influence somebody or something. And that's kind of what we're getting at here when it comes to these habit sides of things, because maybe you're trying to influence yourself to get better at something, or maybe you're trying to work with the kids, or maybe you're trying to work with a spouse or a friend. We all have influence and we all have the ability to take the habits, take the consistency, take the take those things and make ourselves better or try to help make somebody else better. Yeah, that's, and that's a good point. So researchers tell us that if you do something 21 times in a row, it becomes a habit. So if reading, let's, let's go Robbie with your example, is something that you want to, I just want to read more. And you say, okay, I'm going to read 21 days in a row consistently. Now, researchers are going to say that by doing that 21 days in a row, you're forming a habit. That doesn't mean you're automatically going to do it on day 22. I mean, there's still effort involved, but you're retraining yourself to, to do this consistently. And I think that's where oftentimes it falls short because we can come up with this new year's resolution or this goal and we either just give up too soon or we never actually put the habit in place. So you mentioned making them stackable Right. Um, and, and I want to give you an example because this is what works for me. So uh, I, I want to listen to more podcasts, more audiobooks. Also want to do more exercise. And that includes for me um, some cardio. And so what I what I started doing was both at the same time. It was a way for me to get on the treadmill or the elliptical. And while I'm on the treadmill and the elliptical, was also to stack another habit on top of that. And in that case, it was listening to an audiobook or a podcast. So I'm now accomplishing two things at once. And, and that also brings maybe a sense of fulfillment. You know, not every habit can be that way, but, you know, think of it in terms of, especially if you're driven to productivity, like I know the three of us are, think of it in terms of that as well as what can I stack together and then I would say stackable, but also trackable, right? right. What happens if you don't track a habit? you're, you're probably not going to see the progress. And, uh, so think about that before we uh, finish our podcast, we'll throw out a few suggestions. Cause I know all of us have got some ideas, some books that have helped us in this area, but I want to move on from habits to kind of the second thing here that we feel like can make the decision great. Robbie, what is it? Yeah. So after you talk about habits, I think we have to talk about hacks, right? Like if we're going to start something new, especially if it's a new big goal and we're going to try to make that great, we got to find some hacks because if you could already do that thing that you're trying to achieve, then you wouldn't need to achieve it, right? So we need to find ways to make that process 
simpler. And I will say with, with habits as well to the listener, make sure that your habits are starting like as small as possible, right? Like if, if your goal is to read a book in a year, then, then read one page a day or, or maybe one page a week for you, whatever that, and that's kind of a, a hack in itself. Uh, so, so when you're looking at starting, uh, or making a great decision and then making that decision great, you've got to find some hacks. Chad, when we think about hacks, cause that's kind of a, I don't know, maybe it's not, it seems to be a newer term. It seems to be a term that people are kind of throwing out out there and to our listeners, this idea of life hacks, right? Like find things to make your life simpler, find things that work better, um, to me, the idea becomes how can we work maybe smarter, not harder. Right. But what do you, Chad, what do you think of when it comes to hacks? How can hacks help people? You know, there's so many things out there right now that, that try to simplify things a little bit. Okay. We've gone to this, this home automation things to where, you know, you can walk in and you can say something and all your lights will turn on, or you can say good night and everything turns off. So that would be a version of a hack. But the other thing that there is, there's so many apps out there right now that, that help you track things. And one of the, one of the apps out there that kind of help you, there's apps out there that help you track habits. You know, hey, I continue to do that today so I can mark that off. And it helps you track that, whether it's a workout app, whether it's a, a planner that you're going to use for the new year. Um, any of those things, I think, are good hacks for you to utilize to kind of help stay in the lane of staying focused on these habits. Yeah. And, and Robbie, what are what are your thoughts on when it comes to hacks? You know, and let's take it kind of a step further for the listener. What are your thoughts on hacks and and how maybe they've helped you? Sure, absolutely. So something that I started a few years ago is is being very detailed in my calendar. I I, count, I put everything in my calendar. Even my reading time is actually in my calendar now from three to four every day. If somebody calls me, it goes through a filter, right? It's my boss. I'm going to answer the phone. But if it's, you know, my friend, I'm going to say, hey, let me call you back at four because because I'm, I'm intentionally setting that time aside. And, and that's become a hack for me. That's allowed me to make progress on the decisions that I've made. Yeah. So and that, that's what we want you to think. Don't just think of hacks as, you know, uh, you walk in and you say, you know, Hey Alexa, turn my lights on. Um, glad I said on, cause if I said off, we might be in the dark right here guys, but, uh, but that, that is a hack and that's fine. But some people I think look at hacks as it, it's more laziness, right? Like I'm just going to tell somebody to do something so that I don't have to do it. What we're talking about is we're talking about the hacks that become working smarter, not working harder. And, and I think about, I think about cell phones. I think about my first cell phone that I had, and I don't know what, what you guys first cell phone. First of all, I felt like it was a brick. I mean, it was <laughs> like Nokia. carrying around a brick, but, and I remember all I could really do. I mean, I could program people's names and numbers in, I guess that was good. That's when we started not knowing anybody's phone number, <laughs> right? I used to know everybody's phone number that I called. Now I, I don't even, I'm not sure I know yours to be honest, but, uh, but you know, you could program names and numbers in call people. Um, my first phone, I couldn't text. I mean, I didn't what? text wasn't even an option. I remember finally when I could, it was, you know, how you had to click each button. Oh yeah. T9. <laughs> right, right, right. So yeah, multiple, that, uh, yeah. Multiple times. And, uh, but, and then there was the snake game. Oh I, 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 I sure remember yeah. the snake game, but the point is, is it, it was a hack at the time. Cause now right. I don't have to be at home to make a phone call. Yeah. So the, the, that's awesome that you bring up the cell phone because I was thinking today actually about, you know, what's one thing that I can do with this cell phone because they've just become part of us, you know, on an everyday life. I mean, we're utilizing all the time. And the one thing that I want to get better at in 23 is finding that do not disturb button. 
And because I think what can happen is those things can derail us so easily. You know what I mean? And, and kind of like what you said, Robbie, on the, on the time for reading. You know, that's basically you've created your own do not disturb button, but maybe that doesn't work for some. Maybe some, they're attached so much to the cell phone that they just need to have some time to them to focus or whatever that might be. Hit that button. It'll be your friend. Yeah. And, and as we talk about technology, technology can be a great um, hack. Um, but if we're not careful, it can be a great distraction. Yeah. And and so, you know, you do have to find hacks within the hacks, if you will, to make sure that's happening. Um, but Chad, one thing that that I know you mentioned to me, and I've done this before, um, and, and so maybe it's just encouraging our listeners to consider what you're doing and consider do you need to change what you're currently doing? Is there a better way to do it? I know there's that kind of that old adage, like if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? We probably all heard that before. I kind of think that's mediocrity, right? I mean, okay, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But what about if there's a better way to do it or better for you? And you're actually, you're kind of reversing the trend a little bit with technology and talk to us about what you're doing and maybe why you're doing it. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I've always counted myself out as well. Probably. I mean, I've always, I've always just kind of put everything in my phone and that was the deal. Well, um, I had a good mentor of mine, a good friend of mine challenged me a little bit on that and said, Hey, why don't you ever use a planner? And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to use that because number one, I would forget it. And number two, it wouldn't last long because I have to write it out. And I just, I just don't want to do that. And he goes, yeah, let me challenge you on that. And he introduced me to this, uh, full focus planner, which, you know, I've, I bought it. It's been sitting on my desk and I've looked at it about five or six times and it just seems really overwhelming to me. So I called him and I was like, man, this is just really overwhelming. I don't have the time to do this. And he goes, you see, that's part of the problem. Focus on what you do have the time to do and don't try to absorb the whole thing because this planner, I mean, it's, it's one of the most sought after planners out there right now. Ever, there's great reviews on it, but the key to it is, is you don't have to do everything figure out what's going to be best for you and utilize it to the best of your ability for what that's going to be. So I'm going to try the full focus planner this year, Bobby. We'll see if I throw it in the trash by the 10th. Well, I, I did it for a year. Uh, so they're designing quarters. So I'm very familiar with it. And let me tell you what it helped me do. Uh, first of all, it is not electronic on purpose. They don't have an electronic version. They don't have an app. Uh, when I first got it, it was basically the reason we're not doing this is because we want you to be able to fully focus at that moment. And anytime you've got technology in your hand, it's very easy to get distracted. Um, the year that I did it helped me for, for the reasons that you just mentioned. And then I was able to take away what I learned from that. I was able to apply it to technology and now I feel like for me, that's what worked best. So I, I applaud you for trying something different. I think it's helpful. I guess that's just the point with, with our listeners is don't settle in. Maybe you have something that works, but if something can work better, right. you know, don't, don't hesitate to try something new. I think sometimes that's the challenge. So, uh, so making decisions, great. We have habits and we have hacks Now we got two more we want to share with you. Um, the next one is hats. Uh, Chad, what, what does that mean? What what does hats mean when it comes to making decisions great? Well, here's what I can tell you it doesn't mean, Bobby. It doesn't mean that you should wear a flat bill hat because you're not going to pull that <laughs> off very well. What about a cowboy hat? <laughs> Probably not no. going to pull that one off well either. Fine. And I think the moral of the story on that is we all need to make sure that we're wearing the right hats. Right. 
Yeah. Okay. Fair, fair point. And, and when it comes to, I, 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 let's play that out a little bit when it comes to leadership and leading your life. And Chad kind of mentioned earlier, if you're listening to this podcast, you are a leader. You may not be leading an organization. You may not be leading a team, but at the very least you need to be leading yourself and maybe leading your family, depending on the role that you have. So you are a leader. Uh, You know, we have to sometimes wear multiple hats, But when it comes to making decisions great, you need to wear the hat as often as you can that best fits you. Um, If you're wearing two hats at the same time, some of us try to do that. I I want you to imagine seeing somebody walk down the street that's pulling off the flat bill on top of the cowboy hat. Mm -hmm. I mean, neither one would look good on me. They don't. I've tried both, Chad. But I'm going to tell you what would look worse is me putting my cowboy hat on and throwing the flat bill on top of that. I'm going to get a lot of looks. They're not going to be the right looks. And here's the thing. I'm going to be a distraction. And that's what trying to wear multiple hats at one time, you end up distracted, which means you're probably not being very effective. But outside of that, there's just some hats that we probably shouldn't wear. You're right. I shouldn't wear a flat bill. Robbie, you probably shouldn't wear the upside down visor anymore. (laughs) <laughs> Probably need to cut that out. New Year's resolution. And uh, and Chad, you got to stop wearing the snapbacks backwards, okay? Yeah, for sure. Uh, fitted only on that. But but in all honesty, knowing which hat to wear, yeah. you know, like I do have a preference. I like a, a fitted stretch hat, sure. right? Like uh, with with kind of a rounded bill. It's just, it's just my preference. Good ball cap. and But knowing which hat not only makes you look good, we're actually talking about makes you effective in what you're trying to do with the decision. It's pretty key. Right. Did you think, Robbie? Absolutely. And the upside down backwards visor, that took me way back. But I mean, I, I might have to go find it, see if I can find that. But I was thinking as you're talking about hats, I've got a couple hats that I wear that, that fit well, that I like those hats. Those are my go-to hats. And I have other hats that are important. And I'm not talking about actual hats. I'm talking about decisions in my life, right? And so what I've found in my life is, is I am better when I let the person who owns that hat wear that hat. And if I need to get advice from that person, then I go to that person. For example, um, I wasn't raised in a very financially literate household. I just wasn't. No no shot at my parents or anything. I just wasn't. So I've got a mentor in my life who wears a financial hat. When I have decisions I need to make, I always go to him. Because if I tried to wear that hat on my own, I would make I would look like the cowboy hat with the flat like it wouldn't fit right it wouldn't be my hat so I make sure I surround myself with people who wear the hats that I can't wear so when I need to make those decisions I can go to that person with that hat and it's been said I don't know how many times but you are like the five closest people that you spend time with right and so for me, I don't want to necessarily just spend time with five other people who wear the same hat as me. That's important. Those are my friends. But I want to spend time with people who wear different hats so I can grow in those different areas. Yeah, I heard years ago, and I believe it was from Andy Stanley, but he said, uh, I think I read it first, but only do what only you can do, you know, as a leader in an organization. And so let's talk about that when it comes to wearing hats, because um, as some of our listeners know, uh, my primary uh, job or role is uh, I'm the pastor of a church and uh, Chad's a business owner. Those are our primary roles. Um, but our, our roles are kind of complex. Chad's also uh, highly involved um, in the, the church organization side. And then I've got some involvement in the business organization side. And so 
in some sense, we do wear some multiple hats. But when it comes to the actual organization, uh, one of the things that that is important is that you never feel too important to do any job, but it doesn't mean that you need to be doing that job consistently. And that's something that I've I've struggled with. I want to make sure that people know that, well, one, I'm not lazy. I don't want people to think I'm lazy, but I also want them to feel like I don't think any job is beneath me. Um, And so I got my start. The first church job that I worked as a teenager, actually, um, got a full-time job as a teenager and I, it was custodial. I mean, I, I cleaned bathrooms at a very large church, just meaning there were lots of bathrooms and lots of toilets. And, and that's what I did five days a week. I, I pretty much cleaned bathrooms and vacuumed and did things like that. And, uh, and I'm glad I did Chad, uh, Robbie, I'm glad I did because it taught me a lot about ministry. You know, ministry is not just being on a stage. There's a whole lot more to it. Um, However, in the position that I'm in now, that I'm leading the organization, um, it's probably not wise stewardship of my time at this point in the organization to spend five days a week cleaning bathrooms. And it's not because it's below me, Right. And that, that's something that maybe some of our, our listeners kind of wrestle with is like, how can I have a servant's heart or, or how can I show people that I'm willing to do any job? I'm not above that, but also make sure that I'm only doing what only I can do because that's what the organization. So, Chet, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I think it's a good point that you bring up because, you know, the servant leadership thing is huge. And I think that most great leaders didn't become great leaders automatically. You know, I think they had to start somewhere at some point um, to get there. But I think also what they've realized is they've realized that as a leader, there's only certain things that you should be doing and other things you should be either delegating out or you should be passing down to somebody else to delegate out. And I think in business and in organizations, whether they're non-for-profit or for-profit or even in life, you've got three options on this deal. Okay. You can either do something yourself, you can hire it to be done, or you can choose not to do it. And when you think about it, that's basically the options that you have. I think aligning yourself with the thing that's going to be the best for you on that specific decision or the best for the organization on that specific decision, that's going to be, that's going to be your best path to success on that. Now, I'm not saying that, Bobby, even though you don't clean the restrooms, even though you don't do that at your organization, if that needed to be done, you would know how to do that, number one. But number two, you also appreciate anybody who does do that and you're able to align with them on what they do because you've done that in the past. Yeah. I I, I like how you tied in number one and number two to that. That was really... (laughs) That was really creative. Chat. I didn't even try to do that. Yeah, that's a gift. It's a gift that you have that not everybody does. But uh, but but it's a great point that you always need to be willing. But, you know, I, I think about this, um, you know, let's just take, for example, a, a CEO in a company and a board hires him. And let's just say they're paying him uh, about two hundred thousand dollars a year. And again, I'm using just some simple numbers here because that breaks down to roughly one hundred dollars an hour. Uh, now, they're not paying the CEO $100 an hour to clean bathrooms. If they are, that's a problem. That company is never going to survive. They're paying the CEO $100 an hour to lead the organization. So 
how do we, you know, striking the balance of willingness and actually focus is something that leaders have to make. And so uh, I was thinking about this um, and I'll just kind of throw this out to our listeners, but I want you to imagine for a second, and I'll ask both of you this question, but you're, you're flying on a plane, you're halfway to your destination, you know, you're cruising at, you know, 30,000 feet. And all of a sudden the pilot and the co-pilot come out of the cockpit and close the cockpit door and they grab the cart, you know, the one that hits you. If you ever have an aisle seat, every time yeah, it comes down the aisle, every single time, I mean, every time it's almost like a game for, for them, I think. But, uh, but you know, the, the pilot co-pilot, they grab the, the cart and man, they start passing out pretzels, peanuts. I don't think you can have peanuts on flights anymore, probably because of allergies, but whatever, uh, they, they pass out snacks and, and, and soda pop or whatever. What is the first question that both of you think, what comes to mind immediately when you see the pilot and co-pilot passing snacks out down the aisle on a, on a plane at 30,000 feet? Who's, Who's flying, flying the plane? plane? Okay. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure if you answered that wherever you're listening from, you probably said the same thing because in, in the past day, I've asked that question to several different people um, just out of curiosity. And here's what I wanted to see, guys. I wanted to see if any of them, if their first response was, oh man, that's really cool that the pilot and co-pilot are willing to pass out snacks or, oh man, they must really have a servant's heart. And so far, nobody said that. Everybody's asked the same question. And it's the question I'd be asking at 30,000 feet. I'd be like, wait a second, who's flying the plane? I don't care about you passing out snacks right now. That's, that's important. It's just not important for you to do. It's important that you fly the plane. I think as I kind of take a step back from organization, I try to look in, which is very difficult to do. It's hard to take a step out of your own organization and look in. But if I look in, I'm pretty sure both of you guys are part of the organization that the last thing that you want me doing when we're supposed to be flying at 30,000 feet is passing out peanuts and pretzels. Is that fair? Yeah. So uh, that's interesting that you actually bring that up because just uh, as recently as a couple of days ago, we actually took a picture of exactly what you should be doing. We wrote it out on the board and we said, we're taking a picture of this. And if we ever see you outside of that box, we might put you in a headlock. Well, what they're referring to is seven priorities uh, for, for my job, but I changed it to eight without your permission. Because was one of them bathroom? <laughs> no, no, no. Number eight was Crumble Ambassador. And yes, Crumble Cookies, we are still waiting for that sponsorship. You've now opened a location uh, just down the road from us. And so we're expecting that soon. And if so, you have a Crumble Ambassador. Trust me, I've brought you plenty of business, uh, both personally and promoting you professionally. But with that said, you're right. Uh, you guys are trying to help me, uh, you know, really stay in the cockpit. And so maybe ask yourself that in, in whatever job you're in, all of us have a cockpit that we need to be in and we need to be flying the plane and we need to be wearing the hat that we're best at wearing. And when we do that, those decisions have the potential to be great decisions. Okay. We want to finish with one more. We've talked about habits, talked about hacks, talked about wearing the right hat uh, what, Robbie, what's the last thing that we kind of want our listeners to think about today when it comes to making decisions great? Uh, so when talk about hands, hands, hands on, <laughs> hands, hands on, all hands on deck. I have two, you know, you got two. They're, That's good. Three would be awkward. So helpful, but awkward. I've always thought about that. That, that third, that third arm could really be useful guys, but it would really look strange. But in all seriousness, you do, you need, you need hands. You need right. other people. Two hands is not enough 
to accomplish most of the decisions, the big decisions, right. we need to let other people help right. us. Right, and, and I think the word that we're lo looking for is delegation, right? We, we can't do everything on our own. And when we try to, we don't do everything well. I remember a season in my life where I was on staff at a church and, and I wore a lot of hats. And, and so therefore I had to have a lot of hands and, and I did everything okay, but I didn't do everything well. In fact, I didn't do anything well until I was able to learn this art of delegation, raising up leaders underneath me to help achieve some of those tasks that, that weren't necessarily beneath me or above me, that just was a lot of things that I had to do. And I even think of it in my, my personal life and my family with my kids, my, my daughter and my son, they'll sometimes have basketball practice on the same night. I can't be in two places at once. Thankfully, I have a wife who's willing to take one, I'll take the other. And, but that's the importance of delegation, whether it's professionally or personally, because if, you, if you're trying to do everything on your own, you're not going to do anything great. And I think we use the word hands here because, number one, it starts with an H. But that may throw you off if you were just to say hands. I mean, what are they talking about? Well, hands can be a number of different things. Hands can be even somebody else. For example, Bobby mentioned in the beginning that idea and generation and those kind of things, he's really good at it. But the implementation side of things may not be the best at it. He can do it, but he may not be the best at that. Well, he better have somebody to be able to implement those ideas. Right. Okay. And, and you know, I want to give you an example of this because this is kind of, it's out there in the news right now and we're all reading about it. But this, this Southwest Airlines mm -hmm. colossal meltdown that we've had over the past uh, week or so here. And, and basically, um, for those of you that may not know, I mean, so Southwest has canceled a number of flights over the past week due to a winter storm. Um, but it was astonishingly enough more than other flights canceled. I mean, right. they canceled like 2,500 flights where other airlines were only canceling like 200. So it wasn't the ice storm at that point. It was a bigger issue. So when things like this happen, Bobby, as a an, as an business owner in Enneagram 3, what I try to do is, you know, a lot of people may look at that and say, you know, oh man, that, you know, that's, that's bad that they canceled all those flights. But I dig into that and I'm like, okay, well, why did that actually happen? What's going on here? And in looking into that and doing a little research on that, here's what I found. Southwest Airlines for years has been ran by two CEOs that were accountants by trade. Okay. And when you're an accountant by trade, you focus on the numbers. You focus on what's important for bottom lines, usually what's what's important for shareholders if you're a, if you're a publicly traded company that's what you focus on well what you can sometimes do is you can is you can lose the focus on what's also important within your organization you better have somebody else that doesn't lose that focus cuz i contend that's probably what happened to southwest i don't believe this was a weather problem i believe the weather problem kind of created some of the issue for them but the problem started years and years ago when they didn't take care of their operations of the business and they didn't upgrade what's more or less a system, right? What's more or less a system to deal with some of these things. And, and Bobby, I think you even looked at some of this. Yeah, you're right. As soon as I started hearing about this, my mind went the same direction of, okay, why? What's the why behind this? Because you're right, the numbers didn't match up, you know, 10 times what other airlines were experiencing. And, and I also travel a lot. So I, I want to know like, okay, wait a second, you know, should I ever be traveling Southwest again? Because pilots were stranded. Uh, for those of you that didn't follow this, uh, it was a system problem. It, it, their whole system and, and the weather kind of just pulled the curtain back on this, their whole system essentially collapsed and they didn't have ways 
effective ways to contact and track even their pilots. They didn't even know where their pilots were. So pilots were held up at airports just like passengers. So it was a real colossal failure. And the reading that I did, um, yeah, it, it's at a minimum of a two-decade-old problem where you're right. The people that were leading the organization evidently, though they didn't have that skill set, which is fine. You don't have to have an operational skill set, even though I believe the CEO before that did. Um, but those last two didn't have that operational skill set. But evidently, they also didn't have the hands around them that did have the operational skill set because they've neglected this to a point that it created, you know, not only a massive failure for a week and a half of travelers, but you just start to project this out. And I mean, let me just ask you, are you planning to fly Southwest anytime soon? I mean, I'm not. Yeah, I, I, I totally get what you're saying there. And, and here's and here's what I want our listeners to make sure that they understand. I'm not saying that the CEOs of Southwest were bad CEOs. That's not what I'm saying. I mean, if you look at their financials, they're probably one of the top airlines around, to be honest with you, if you look at that kind of specific number. However, they lost focus on what would continue to help them be that way. They lost focus on that and they didn't put the focus on the operational side of the business, which remotely could possibly lead to them uh, having a rough time in 23. Yeah. So if you're going to make your decision, great, you need to have the right hands around you. You need to have the right people who can help you um, make sure that that decision is going to be great. Not average, Nobody needs to be making decisions average, and certainly you don't want your decisions to turn into poor decisions. Um, you want them to be great decisions, and you, in order to do that, again, you need those hands. So habits, hacks, hats, and hands, uh, that's 4-H, so, uh, which sounds a lot like that other 4-H thing, which I think is uh, heart, um, head, hands, and I don't know. There's one other one. Horses. Is that what it is? Yeah, I, I, that's it. Is that what it Hat. is? Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll roll with that. Yeah. But uh, not to be confused with uh, the 4-H organization, uh, but in all honesty, uh, we we try to choose some things that can be uh, memorable as portable. That's what we like to say around here. So, uh, so yeah, if you don't like the 4-Hs, you call them whatever you want. We just, we're just trying to help you make those decisions great. Implement the, the ideas, make sure that decision um, that, that you make turns into something that actually has a, a good outcome. That's our goal here. So uh, let, let's kind of wrap up with, uh, here's what I want, guys. Uh, give me kind of a closing thought and uh, share with our listeners uh, maybe a book that tackles one of these topics that you could encourage them with, especially here in the new year. And whether it's a page a day, a chapter a day, a, a book a day, uh, you can hopefully gain some uh, some insight from that. So, Chad, you want to jump in here? You bet. Yeah, here's some, uh, you know, number one, Robbie, appreciate you joining us. Uh, it's been a yeah. pleasure to have you on here with us. Excited to get to work with you. Um, this is going to be a great thing for all of us. So uh, as far as our podcast goes today, here's the thing. Don't try to be perfect at all of these, right? The, but the main thing is, is do something. Start. Start with something. Start with the habits. Go out and find some hacks for you, whether that's that, that full focus planner that we talked about. Look around, talk to other people that have done this in the past, get some suggestions, get some recommendations. But the main thing is, is, is just start something, right? Um, as far as book recommendations, there's so many recommendations out there for books when it comes to things like this. But, you know, I was actually thinking about this the other night. Um, Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek. 
it kind of encompasses all of these things. Um, really good book that's out there that that would kind of give you some tools to uh, focus on that. So Leaders Eat Last, Simon Sinek. Good. Robbie, what you got? Yeah. So I read a book this year that I'll probably reread again in 2023 called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. It's a real easy read. And what it does is it takes the uh, <clears throat> the idea of would you rather have a million dollars or one penny that doubles in value every day. And it applies it to your life, your your, your success in, in your profession, your finances, your family, whatever it is. And obviously at face value, we all want the million dollar check. But over time, small consistent habits is what it's alluding to. The, the penny that doubles in value every day ends up being astronomically more than that original million dollar check. So I would, I would encourage anybody who's trying to make a, a new decision or a new um, habit, whatever it might be, like I said earlier in this podcast, to start small, whatever it is, if you want to lose weight this year, don't go out there and say, I'm going to work out five hours a day, five days, go out there and say, I'm going to walk around my block once, walk around the block once and, and track that. Right. And then once you, once you're comfortable doing that, then you're going to walk around twice and you're going to start to jog. So, so whatever it is, finances, uh, family relations, whatever it might be, find the very smallest, uh, tangible thing that you can do consistently over time, make it too easy. Make it so simple that you don't even have to think about it. And then once it becomes routine, like Chad said earlier, that's what habits do. They, they become routine. Then you can stack the next habit. And before you know it, you're, you're reading 20 books a year in the whole Bible or, or you're, you're working out five days a week, whatever it might be. Start small, that compound effect, uh, small, consistent habits over time equal greatness. Yeah, that's a, and that is a great, that is a great concept. And, you know, going back to that penny a day after 30 days, we're talking over $5 million. Right. And that's what we want you to kind of think about where if you'll build on that, you will see compound interest in your own life and growth. And we want to see you do that. So uh, the book that comes to mind for me, guys, is Atomic Habits uh, by James Clear. Uh, great, great book, super practical. And for those of you that uh, really want to form some habits, he talks about stackable and trackable and again, some really good takeaways. Uh, kind of the final thought I have is uh, is maybe a question or a challenge for our listeners as you think about all this. And it's simply one day or day one, you choose one day or day one. Um, it's easy to say, you know what, one day I'm going to do that. One day I'm going to I'm going to start walking around the block or one day I'm going to, I'm going to look into, you know, a, a new planner to help organize my life. What we're encouraging to do is, is don't say one day, say day one and day one is today. Uh, in fact, the only day that beats out new year's day for, uh, for weight loss goals is tomorrow. <laughs> and the other thing I would say with that is day one doesn't need to be a Monday. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's the whole point. Like the, when I say the only day to beat that new year's for, for weight loss goals is tomorrow is cause how many times have you said, you know what, tomorrow I'm going to start my new weight loss plan or tomorrow I'm going to start. And, and you're right. No, day one is not tomorrow. It's today. Now you may have to do some things today to prepare for tomorrow. Okay. You may have to meal plan today and then go to the grocery store so that you can start that tomorrow, but don't put off till tomorrow. Uh, what you can do today. And when you start to learn that principle that every day is day one, day one of a new habit um, or day one, if you miss a day, don't, don't put it off. I, I know guys, I've done that before. I've, I've missed a day and I'm like, you know what? I'll start again on Monday. Uh, no, 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 no. Today's day one every day. So just think about that as uh, you think about making your decisions great. And uh, real quick, as we wrap up here, um, next 
month, February 2023, will be our one-year anniversary, Chad. And what what's going to be different and new after uh, after we conclude uh, our one year here, at the Epic Leadership Podcast? What what do we have in store? Well, I think we've got a couple things in store. Number one, I hope it's going to be that sponsorship that you were talking about earlier. <laughs> Come on, crumble. That that cosmic brownie cookie will change mm, your life. So good. That's the first thing. The second thing that uh, that we're going to do is we've been talking about this, and and Bobby, I think we've always known that we have a face for radio, right? We've we've known that you have the best face for radio, Chad. Yeah. Well, we're going to take that up a notch here a little bit. We're going to uh, pull out the makeup or whatever it's going to take to fix these things up, and uh, we're coming to YouTube. So that means no cowboy hat or flat bill. Is that is that what you're trying to Just say? Just the upside down backwards visors, though. Upside down backwards visors. Yeah. So yeah, we're coming. We're coming to YouTube. It won't change the uh, the audio podcast here. So those of you that like that, prefer that, uh, we appreciate you listening and sharing. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna also have the video option available on YouTube. Um, and you know what? For some people, maybe that works out a little bit better. Maybe they can stay. Uh, more engaged, but uh, we're going to start that next month. And so hopefully uh, if you've listened to all this last year, uh, you've, you've gained some insights. Uh, that's our goal is just to talk through these things. I know we have, we gain insights from each other and from our conversations. Robbie certainly want to echo that. I appreciate you being here. Excited to have you on our team. And uh, thanks for just the insights you've been able to share with us today. Uh, yeah, certainly good to have you. So uh, our, our little teaser for next month, Chad, we're going to be starting something new and we're going to, it'll be a series. It'll be several episodes. Uh, we're going to talk about planning your life and, and what that actually means. And so a uh, little bit of a teaser here. We, we want you to stop looking for potential and start living out your plan. And we'll unpack more about what that means. I think it'll be encouraging and we'll put some of these things we've talked about today uh, into practice as we work through some of these things, but stop looking for potential, start living out your plan coming at you next month. Chad wraps up, close us out. You bet. Hey, guys, it's been fun hanging out with you guys today. Um, Robbie, again, welcome. We are happy to have you. For all of our listeners out there, we hope you have had a great 22 and looking forward to a great 23. We'll be thinking about you this month as we go ahead and kick off our new episode back in February. We look forward to seeing you guys on YouTube. And remember, if this has been helpful for you, make sure you leave us a review out there. Make sure it's a five-star review. If it's not a five-star review, don't leave it. Don't click it <laughs> if it's not a five-star. But uh, make sure you leave us a five-star review out there. And if you can't leave us one based off of this one, come back and we'll try to do better next time. So, uh, Yeah, and, and call Crumble for us. Would you do that? <laughs> Somebody anyway. get us a sponsorship. We'll sure. talk to you soon. You bet. Have a great month, guys. Hey guys, thanks for joining the Epic Leadership Podcast. Man, this is just fun for Bobby and I just to kind of talk back and forth and hopefully give you some good insights into some leadership of a couple different industries. And if you've enjoyed it, we would love to have a good review. Uh, give us a five-star rating if you can. Share it with some friends. If you didn't like it, then tune in again next time and we will try to do better. We'll see you next time, guys.